the writer of the book of Hebrews writes, do you see what we've got? An unshakable kingdom. And do you see how thankful that we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming with worship, deeply reverent or in awe of before our God. For God is not an indifferent bystander. No, he's actively cleaning house, torching all that needs to burn, and he won't quit until it's all cleansed. God himself is a fire. Our New American Standard, God is an all-consuming fire. In the Old Testament, he reveals himself to Moses through a burning bush. Israel saw him as a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. Elijah prays down fire onto the sacrifice on Mount Carmel. Solomon, dedicating the temple, prays and the fire of God fills it. In the New Testament, we see that same fire of God fall in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. Through the Word of God, God reveals Himself to us by fire. Why? Because fire has the power to transform. The name of this series, we call it Catalyst. A catalyst is when you bring more than one thing together, and it, there's, it is a catalytic reaction that creates transformation, our word for the year. So fire transforms. It can refine you. It can ruin you. It can purify you. It can pacify you. It can warm you or it can warp you like plastic next to a fire. Now we all should have a healthy view of healthy fear of fire because it can be instructive for us or it can be destructive. It can ruin a home. We've all taught our kids, you don't play with fire, you don't put your hand on the stove. But the fire of God that he gives should burn so brightly in our hearts to make us be what God said we would be, the light of the world. So here's the question. If you're listening, Sam, here's the question. Are you tending a flickering faith or a faith fueled by the fire of God? Father God, we come to you, the giver of every good and perfect gift, the master, the creator, the redeemer, and the sustainer, the giver of the Ruach, your breath, the Holy Spirit. And so God, we need a major move of heaven. We need a catalytic transformation. We need a fresh baptism, a filling. We need to be clothed with the Holy Spirit and power. And so God, this weekend, Father, we just simply cannot stand church as usual, but we're asking for you to infuse and infill, for you to interrupt, for you to move. Don't be just resident, but be president in every one of our hearts. Have your way is our prayer in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, welcome, Faith Promise. Man, it's so great to have you, all of our campuses, worshiping this weekend. We're super stoked. You picked a great weekend. God by bars, we love you. Whether you're in person or online, welcome home. If you missed last weekend, I want to challenge you. Go back and get it. Pastor Zach launched this series called Catalyst. And what should it look like when a believer is empowered, is filled by the Holy Spirit? Jesus, before he ascended to heaven after his death and resurrection, in Luke, the last chapter, The 49th verse, it says this, And behold, I'm sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, 
but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high, until you are filled, till you are baptized, interchangeable words. As a matter of fact, Jesus is explaining to his disciples that he is going to be crucified and leave, and they're downcast. He said, hold up, wait a minute. It's better for you that I go, because when I'm glorified, you will get the gift of the Holy Spirit. He won't be with you, he'll be in you. And he said, it's going to be better, I promise. Now, the, 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 these disciples, so what does Jesus say? Don't do anything until you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't do anything until you've been baptized. Wait, tarry. The word tarry in the Greek means to wait, to settle, or to live in a location. How many of us are still waiting and settling for less of God in our spiritual lives? Because of our theological position, because we're distracted by the world, how many of us are so hungry for God? There was a line Pastor Zach used last weekend that I thought was incredible. He said this, I won't forget it. He said, he said, we will not dumb down the scripture to equal the level of our experience. So just because you haven't experienced it doesn't mean it's not right in the Bible. Can, can we agree on that? Can we agree on that? Because I'm going to mess some of you up this weekend. It's a spiritual gift. Not everybody can do it, but it's my plan. Because, see, you cannot grow where you're comfortable. Got to get out of that. So I'm about to work back to me. Now, this is, I got this thought from a pastor buddy of mine who spoke at ARC this last week. And he said, let me tell you one of the things that COVID did to us. COVID caused us to settle for less. And how does that, how did it happen? Because we started, stopped, started, stopped, started, stopped, started, stopped. Went to work, sent back home. Went to church, closed church. We, our last Israel trip was rescheduled five different times. On, off, on, off, on, off. Social distancing alone. And I think in that, we got, we grew complacent and we, we, we lost our press with God. Faith promise became a movement, not by settling, but by seeking all that God has. See, we, this church was birthed and, and went for a quarter of a century on an unreasonable radical faith. When we moved to this mountain, our CFO Harriet told me, Westmoreland said, Pastor, when we move, if something miraculous doesn't happen, the church is going under because we can't afford to move. We moved. By the way, we didn't go under. Matter of fact, we have, we have added to the Pellissippi campus five different times. And then we've added 11 other campuses. How did that happen? By believing our God is limitless. By stepping out into this unreasonable faith that our God would meet us. Are you with me? Are we going to let the world rob us from a radical faith? It's like, listen... I'm going to read this Philippians chapter 3, but uh, I mean, let me just read it, I'll, and, and then I'll, I'll finish that thought. Philippians chapter 3, Paul said this, brethren, I do not regard myself as living hold of it yet, but one thing I do. Now, when the great apostle who wrote a third of the New Testament says, there's one thing I do, I, my ears are perking up. Are y'all with me? This one thing I do. I forget what lies behind, and I reach forward to what lies ahead. 
What did he forget? His pedigree. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews, circumcised on the eighth day of the tribe of Benjamin. As to the law of Pharisee, pedigree, I got it all, man. I am the high muckety muck. He said, I'm forgetting about that. Listen, we're forgetting that we used to have faith. We're gonna, we're, it's not about what God used to do. It's about what God is going to do. I forget past failures and past successes because I'm not living in the rearview mirror. I'm out the front. The greatest days are ahead in Jesus' name. If you're watching the news, you're talking about high interest rates. We're talking about inflation. We're talking about recession. We're talking about the upcoming election. I refuse to let the world rob my joy and rob my faith. We're going to press on. We're going to move on. We're going to forget what lies behind. The greatest days are coming in Jesus' name. Are y'all with me? So what is John the Baptist? John the Baptist promises He gives a promise in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. He said, as for me, hey guys, I baptize you with water for repentance. But there's one coming after me who is mightier than I. I'm not fit to remove his sandal. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. I think we've got to highfalutin and be baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. I think, honestly, I think a lot of believers, they are embarrassed that they're Christians. They're embarrassed. Because you've been to college and you were taught if you're a Christian, you're stupid. And the world says we're this, and so people now are embarrassed. Can I tell you, I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it's the power of God and the salvation of those that believe. Are you with me? So, so John says, hey man, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit one fire. This Pentecostal baptism... Not Pentecostal as a denomination, Pentecostal as it happened on the day of Pentecost. This Pentecostal baptism transformed everybody in the room. All 120 participants who had been praying for 10 days, waiting on what they did not know what it would look like. Peter the coward, the denier, moves from a coward to courageous, preaches 3,000 people that go from lost to being found. They're baptized. They move from being from, from, from hiding to going public in their faith with Jesus, knowing it could cost them their lives, and 10 out of 11, it did. By the way, last weekend, 32, 32 guys and gals at our, GB, our God Behind Bars campuses got baptized, went from being lost to being found. Come on. Now, I'm going to give you a lawyer's brief today because I'm going to build a case. And I'm going to just fling a lot of the Word of God at you. Do we still believe the Bible? And so, and so when, we, when we hear the word baptism or baptism of the Holy Spirit, we think water. We've already seen baptisms in most of the campuses in this service. You've, most campuses have seen a baptism this weekend already. The word baptize, the Greek word means to immerse or submerge. It has another meaning. It means be to be engulfed in a circumstance or a situation. Let me show you how Jesus uses it in Mark chapter 10, verse 38. James and John say, we want to be vice president and chief of staff. We want to sit on the right and left hand. Jesus says, you do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism in which I'm baptized? He wouldn't talk about water baptism. He's talking about being tortured. He's talking about being skinned alive. And he was talking about being nailed to a cross and executed. He called that a baptism. That's being engulfed in a situation. Are you with me? 
So the, what, if you, when you read through the book of Acts, it really could be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit. A question was asked all the time, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Now today we don't ask that question because there's a great theological divide. But the question remains, have you, been, have you been immersed? Have you been submerged? Have you been so filled with the Holy Spirit just like you went underwater and you were raised to walk in newness of life? Now the Holy Spirit worked one way in the Old Testament all the way up through Acts chapter 2 and then he began to move. See, before Acts 2, the Pentecost, Jesus came on, I mean, the Spirit came on you and the Spirit left you. He came on Saul, he left Saul. He came on David. David sinned and said, please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. The Holy Spirit came on for empowerment, and when you blew it, the Holy Spirit left. Does that make sense? And then in Acts chapter 2, we see the Spirit of God move in a different way. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost had come, uh, 50 days over the, after the Passover, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. Suddenly there came from heaven like a, a noise, like a violent rushing, and it filled the whole house where every city. And there appeared to them tongues as a fire. There's, there's the baptism of fire. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was given the utterance. Now, that language, the languages that they were speaking, we'll find out later in this passage, are known languages to the people that are in the streets, but the disciples don't know. They're given the ability to speak in another language. If you've ever been on a mission trip, I pray for tongues all the time. Are you with me? Man, you can't believe how many times I've been in Central America and said, dear Lord, let me speak Spanish. I mean, give me, I, I have friends that have had that happen to them in different countries that, that they couldn't speak and the Lord gave them that ability to speak. So in Acts chapter 2, it said they're filled. It said, and in, in John said they're going to be baptized. It also said they'll be clothed. So the word clothed, baptism, and filled, when in this, in this talking about the Holy Spirit means the same thing. So the promise was for this baptism, a baptism of fire. Now, here's the deal. If you're listening, say it. Because now I'm going to get up in your theological construct. Many of you were taught, as I was, when you got saved, you got all you were going to get. And if you got all you were going to get when you were get saved, you'd never have the power to live a Christian life. Just let that sink in for a second. So if you got all you were going to get when you were saved, because see, those disciples, Peter was saved when he denied he knew the Lord. Those disciples were saved when they went back to fishing and left the ministry. Are you with me? It wasn't until Acts chapter 2 that they had power. And you can't be filled by somebody else. you got to get it up in you. Are you with me? So... If, if we were going to, all we are going to get, where is the pyrotechnic power of the Holy Spirit to have victory over sin? Where is the power? The, where is the power in this, in this the, the, the hot pursuit of loving God and loving people that the Bible says we're supposed to have? Where's the white hot passion for our purpose and to walk in the fruit of the Spirit? Where's our blazing burden within our bosom to win our world? I'm going to tell you the reason that the American church is declining is because we have lost the power of the Holy Spirit. Because we've got too highfalutin, too good, too dignified. Talk about the Holy Spirit. Some of us have settled for a flickering faith. Now, 
Here's what happened. Here's what happened. Here's what happened. We were forced, many of us, to pick a theological side. I'm either going to be Pentecostal or I'm going to be Baptist. Pentecostal, Baptist, right? Anybody, any of y'all, have y'all ever experienced that or know that? You've been around long enough? Here's the problem. Jesus said, that's ridiculous. Jesus said in his high priestly prayer, John 17, three times, Father, I pray they're one. I pray, he only prayed one time for Lazarus to be resurrected from the dead. Resurrection is easier than unity. So he said, I pray they be one. I pray that they would be one. Why? So the world would know, Father, that you sent me. But what do we do? We divide on everything. And we've lost our power. And many of us grew up on the side that we, that we excommunicated the Holy Spirit. That was the Father, the Son, and the Bible. And we left the Holy Spirit out. So those same guys in Acts chapter, in Acts chapter 2, are you with me? Are you listening? Come on, you follow me? are also the same guys in Acts chapter 4, verse 31. And the place where the cedar was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. See, when you, you're not full till you're overflowing. And what we do is we fill the glass up with water, and we put a lid on it so we don't spill it. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit's meant to be spilled out on everybody you come in contact. Let me spill a little spirit, a little joy, a little love, a little mercy, a little compassion, a little encouragement, a little of the world. Are y'all with me? We're supposed to be so salty and so much light that we're just spilling it on everybody and they're saying, dear God, what is it about you? I don't know what you want, but I, I don't know what you got, but I want some of it. I want some of it. I want some of it. But we are so distracted by this world, and we want what the world has more than we want what the Word has for us. Are y'all with me? Some of us are more worried that the stock market has taken a four-point fall in the last 10 days than we are that you're walking in the flesh and not in the Spirit. Romans 8, it says those who walk in the flesh can't please God. So... You ever been to a campfire when it's cold outside? You try to get close enough to get warm? I remember one time, it was ice cold campfire, and I was backing up, backing up, talking to somebody. Next thing, my britches were on fire. And I was rolling around. Are y'all with me trying to put it out? See, we want to get close enough to stay warm, but not close enough to get burned. And so for most of my ministry, which has been 40 years now, I've kept a safe distance from the fire of this issue. When people say, hey, what kind of, what kind of church is Faith Promise? I say, it's Babda Costal. <laughs> Pretty sure I invented that word. Babda Costal. Babda Costal. Word, power. Word and power. Evangelism and word and power. And so, and so early in my ministry, in the early 80s, when I got saved and called, there was an incredible divide in the kingdom, Baptist and Pentecostal. And the two never crossed lines. If you're young, you don't know that. But in the day of the denomination, before the denominations began to die, and they're all dying now, before that day, you didn't, you didn't cross the line. Can I tell you that as, listen, listen, a dumb dichotomy. 
why do I have to choose a side? Let me tell you why. Because I'm insecure, and I need to be with a group of people that make me feel better about my theological stand. Instead of just saying, I'm a biblicist. I believe the Bible, and I follow Jesus. Are y'all with me? And so I'm trying to figure out what, how God wants me to do ministry. And so, like the Apostle Paul, I made a decision early on. I would set ministry so that I could win the most amount of people to Jesus. Y'all know that, right? If you're a guest, you don't know that. But if you've been around, you know that we are motivated by winning the loss at all costs. If hell is real, it ought to make a difference. And so what I did is I remained in the middle of this theological divide. And now my question that I have been wrestling with just personally is have I shortchanged faith promise? Have I shortchanged faith promise because I've tried to get close enough to the fire to stay warm but afraid I'm going to get burned? If that's the case, can I, can I just tell you I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. But again, now America's changed. The world has changed since 1982. And so early in about... About three months after my salvation, I had experience with the Holy Spirit that I'd never talked about for almost 20 years. Because I got saved in the hospital. I went to the little Southern Baptist church that I'd gone to as a kid, heard the gospel. And then I had this experience with the Holy Spirit. And I couldn't talk about that because I thought they'd kick me out of church. Are, y- are y'all with me? So I'm at a hotel. I'm a millwright. I'm working in Smyrna, Tennessee at the Nissan truck plant. And we're, we're, we're putting in, we're installing robots that are going to build these, these, these trucks. And I'm a new believer, so I'd, we were working 410. As soon as it was over, I'd run through Wendy's, grab a hamburger, go straight to my hotel room, eat, take a shower, and until I fell asleep, I was just in the Bible in my bed. Never cut the television on. Are you with me? Couldn't get enough of God. And one night I'm in that, and, just, and all of a sudden the room begins, goes a million candle watts. The Spirit of God falls in that room. I begin to weep and I begin to laugh. I begin to shout and I begin to cry. And waves of love begin to wash over me. Joy inexplainable began to flood me. God just, man, I didn't know what was going on. All I knew is it was good. D.L. Moody said God came on him so hard he had to say, God, stop or you'll kill me. Power. People ask me, Guys, young in the ministry will say, Pastor Chris, have you stayed 40 years? And I'm going to tell you part of it's because I was filled, baptized in the Spirit, three months after I was born again. I'm just telling you. That, that and some other things. I've actually not had this thought until the last few weeks of what that did to me to make me keep going and not quit. Now, I have a lot of experiences since then, and I'm no longer afraid to talk about it. Are you with me? Because I want you to have all God has for you. It's not possible without being filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me just give you some verses. Acts chapter 8. See, this is the way that the church started. Acts 8 verse 14. Now when the apostles in Jerusalem heard the Samaria and received the word of God, they sent Peter and John. Philip had gone there. Revival broke out. Who came and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And they began laying their hands on them. And they were receiving the Holy Spirit. 
Chapter 9, verse 17, so Ananias departed and entered the house. After laying his hands in him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Chapter 10, verse 44, while Peter was still speaking uh, these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who were listening to the message all the circumcised believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on the Gentiles. Folks, you need to thank God for what happened in Acts chapter 10. We were grafted into the gospel. We were grafted into the true vine, the Lord Jesus. We were given the gift of the Holy Spirit. You may not realize what that is, but until this moment, the Jews thought we were cordwood for hell. That's how prejudiced they were against non-Jews. And they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. Peter said, nobody can refuse water. Chapter 13, verse 52. And the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Just go to your concordance and type in the Holy Spirit and watch how many verses you'll see. See, this is not about creating fiction in sem- uh, friction and semantics. It's about stoking the fire of the Holy Ghost in your heart. So let me ask you a question. Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit since you believed? Have you been baptized? If you're new to church, you're saying, hold up. Are they about to break out some snakes up here in the house? Because I'm not sure what's going on. It's getting a little weird in here. No, we're not breaking out the snakes. No, 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 we're good. We did that on Wednesday night when. uh, (laughs) Those of you that that don't understand, we're going to give you a chance in a few minutes to let God light a spiritual spark. But if you're a believer... You're not full till you're overflowing. And we, as followers of Jesus, cannot walk in what God wants us to do if, without the fullness of the Holy Spirit because we're powerless. And we have a form of godliness and we, we have denied the power thereof. One of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit is might. It is power. The scripture is clear, believer. You're to be dangerous and powerful to the devil and the kingdom of darkness. And the kingdom of darkness is kicking our tails in America because believers are not walking in power. Now what we say, well, but Pastor, I, wait a minute, I've never seen a miracle. I, man, I haven't seen what you're talking about. Of course you haven't because you're not looking for it. We got married. I bought a green Chrysler minivan. It was the worst day of my life. I got out of a 1966 convertible Corvette and climbed into a Chrysler minivan and burned my man card. <laughs> now, I'd, I had never noticed a minivan. And when I started driving that green minivan, every, car, every other car on the road was a Chrysler minivan. Why didn't I see him? I wasn't looking for him. I'm telling you, listen, we're not dumbing down the Word of God to equal with what we've experienced. Are y'all with me? We should be walking in such power that the darkness is afraid of us. That the powers of Hollywood or Washington or anybody else would be afraid to speak out against us because of the power of God residing within us. Are y'all with me? Ephesians 5.18, do not be drunk with wine for that is dispersion, but be filled. It's an imperative. It is a command. That's the mood that the tense of that verb is. It is a present passive, continuous, but keep on being filled by the Holy Spirit. Wait in Jerusalem until you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. You don't have to settle for less. You don't have to settle for less. 
but you need to press in. And listen, this is every day. I was at a, again, where it was a conference this week, and Michelle responded to an invitation, and she walked back, and she said, do you ever respond? All I could think about in that sermon was y'all. So I'm not thinking about what God said to me. I'm thinking about y'all. I wake up thinking about y'all. I go to bed thinking about y'all. If you read my journal, it's all about y'all. God, fill them. God, I'm prayed for shocking all this weekend that God would rock your world, get you out of that lazy boy into the ministry, that you catch fire, catch fire. Listen, nobody goes to a rottening. How many old barns around East Tennessee? Nobody stops and says, look at that barn rot. But you let somebody catch that barn on fire and the volunteer fire department, that body in the hills and hollers is going to come out and watch that puppy burn, aren't they? Bringing their marshmallows. Listen, God needs to catch us on fire so the world will watch us burn. Joy unspeakable. I'm going to pray. Then our, our, our stations, the crosses will be open. If you've got a burden, there's a card in your seat back. You can write it, bring it to the cross, lay it, tear it up. You can take the Lord's Supper. You can light a light, say, God, catch me on fire. So now with every head bow, every eye closed, come on, let me ask you one question. I'm going to pray. I'm already way past time. If you'd say, Pastor, man, I'm not sure if I've ever been filled, but, I, but listen, I want what you're talking about. I want to be filled. I want to be baptized. I want to be clothed. I want to be empowered. If that's you, just stand right where you are. Just go ahead and stand up. I'm going to pray for you. Just go ahead and stand up right where you are. Go ahead, stand up. Stand up. I want some of that, Pastor. I want some of that. I want some of that. I want some of that. Father God, we come right now in the strong name of Jesus. Lord God, we just raise our hands like a lightning rod and we ask you to fill those folks that stood asking for the fullness of the Holy Spirit. God, you give us joy unspeakable. You give us fruit. God, you give us, you give us an anointing. You give us the miracles. And God, we need what you have more than what the world has. So Father God, I ask you to move in power and glory. I ask you to save. I ask you to heal. I ask you to baptize. God, would you create in us a hunger that can only be satisfied by the power of the Holy Spirit. Have your way, Father, is our prayer in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, let's all stand to our feet as we as music begins to play. These prayer altars are open. There are prayer counselors down front. You just need a moment to deal with God, and then we're going to keep on moving in the service.